0: Greetings Commanders and welcome to episode 284 of Lave Radio, the show that talks about the mirror universe of Elite Dangerous and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, Commander Sovereign, and joining me in the orange fleet carrier for this episode are, um, we have our our Director of All Beings, Commander Shan. Hello. We have... Vice President of Health and Safety, uh, Commander Edelweiss, or Ben Moss Woodward. Hello. We have our uh, well, he uh, he was our tech monkey, or he would be at our tech monkey in a in a parallel universe, but um, but here he is obviously our um, our Director of um, of Infrastructure, um, Commander Ventura. Hello. And uh, and I am a uh, and I am a, now a professional trade attaché. So if you wish, you can join us live. We're hanging out in game. If uh, it, 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 it's um sort of past the orange space dredger towards the planet Lave um and the fleet carrier is just in orbit around the planet there. If uh, if you can't get to us in game, uh you can uh you can join our Twitch chat channel, which you can access through laveradio.com forward, forward slash live and clicking on live chat, um and also at twitch.tv forward slash LAVE Radio.
1: i think later on we're heading towards tr- stroud base alpha on lave 2 aren't we yeah See? uh yeah,
0: yeah yeah that's true i think it'll be i think it'll be daytime a bit later so um the uh the sunrise always looks pretty spectacular over the bay there um with all the trees and the, the little animals running around so yeah good idea we can head there later cool okay so uh what have the, what's everybody been up to um Shan, what's uh what have you been up to this week
1: well, I had a great time actually um, trying out new flight suits in the Lay Station clothing emporium, and, but then I had an alarm come off and that let me know my ship was attentively boarded, so I then had to run through the corridors of Lay Station to uh, repel the boarders who were trying to steal my uh, ship. So yeah, I had a quite
0: good bit of fun there. Nice. That does sound good. And... Uh, Commander Weiss, what have you been up to? Well,
2: I've mostly actually been trying to get parts from the Teonisler graveyard by doing EVAs and just essentially I've been rubbing all the... going off through all the old ships trying to find the the extended um, engineered
0: components and trying to retrofit them into my ships. Ah, oh, brilliant. That sounds super good fun. Um, it's really nice that we uh, that we have the, the functionality to do this sort of thing. Um, yeah. I have been... Uh, what have I been doing? i've been i've had a fairly sedentary week actually i've just been um visiting uh i've been visiting volcanic worlds um throughout the bubble uh landing in my um landing in my panther clipper um and then just getting out and doing some spelunking so i've been exploring some cave systems using my handheld um mining laser to to mine some uh some valuable materials uh climbing back in and flying off and selling it all really so um uh dodging pirates and and repelling borders and that sort of thing so it's been a it's been a really good week actually it's been super fun um we have a couple of special guests with us this evening um some non-regular panelists who i uh, ought to introduce so there is uh we have the lovely and glamorous commander mac winston who is now nearly become regular uh mac how the hell are you
3: i'm phenomenal excellent and what have you been doing this week well, it's well, it's been quite an interesting week. I finally got enough axe to uh buy the Danton Patriots outfit and I look so sexy in it. Um other than that, and of course that's you know, going 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 to the uh the, 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 the live station bar, you know of hanging out and looking imperial and regal and all that other than that i've been i've been reading a, a, actually a really good book um it's called ignition by a guy called john d clark who was a propellant engineer uh he wrote this book in the late 1970s and it's it's like the history of, of rocketry and it's written in a great style and it's, it's absolutely fascinating and hair-raising at times uh, but yeah, it's, it's a it's a it's a great book. I, I really recommend it. You can get it on, um, you can get it on Amazon for your Kindle or whatever. And what's it called? The History of Rocketry? No, it's called it's just called Ignition. Uh, is its main target? It's by its main title. I think there's a subtitle in there as well. Um, it was out of print for years, uh, but yeah, it's, you can buy it in paperback now as well. Uh, but it's by a guy called John D. Clark, who was one of the scientists heavily involved in. Develop, developing rocket propellants from an oxidizer you know, oxidizers, propellants, and well, there's lots of explosions, and that's it. really good. Cool. Okay. Excellent.
0: Um, that's uh, that sounds really. Uh, that sounds right up our alley. Actually, I'll look that up. Um, we also have a longtime friend of the show, Commander Atris Five Zero Six Zero. How the hell are you?
4: Oh, I'm doing very well. Uh, you know, having a nice time this week so far. Though um, I may have become persona non grata again uh, with the Empire, Uh, I did accidentally crash my Panther Clipper taking out part of Baker Terminal um, into the station there. So yeah, I'm I'm kind of wanted in uh, Empire space for the most part and uh, can't go anywhere near it. The only uh, benefit though is I now have a crew of rogue criminals on my Panther Clipper that were just flying around the galaxy looking for a place to dock and refuel finally.
0: <laughs> well I suppose the upside of that is that uh due to the um due to the meaningful choice system in the game that you you should now um have uh, a little bit better reputation with the federation and be able to um be able to en- engage uh with all the game systems uh via the the federal starports and stuff.
4: Oh absolutely. Uh well it's not only the federation my my standing with the alliance finally improves so I actually can show up near their space again.
0: Ah brilliant. And um presumably you can you can start ranking up with those guys. You know, climbing the Alliance Navy ranks.
4: Oh yeah, and I really, really cannot wait to unlock the the Alliance exploration ship. Um, what was the name of it again? Uh, oh god, uh, what was it? The Turner.
0: <laughs> yes, that was it. Yes, the Turner. Yes, can't remember the snake name, but yes, absolutely. Um, jolly good. All right, well, uh, that's uh, Just that's our very team quickly TV.
2: for a second. Apparently, ignition is also available and loadable. So if you not if you mm-hmm. like reading your words no listening
0: to your words you can get on audible now as well cool all right there you go if you uh if you like rockets and have ears then uh then best mod- uh, best ben moss would has the tip for you um okay let's talk about development news what have the devs said this week uh well first things th- first uh frontier are on track for their uh detailed 2020 roadmap um, it's been, it's been really nice to see actually every single year since, since 2015 or, or even release the, the roadmaps have just been, they've been so thorough, they've been so detailed and they've just absolutely nailed every milestone. And it's really, it's really cool to see that 2020 is no different. Um, so we're on target to continue the rapid, uh, the rapid frequency, high quality content updates that we've had since, uh, since the horizons release in, in 2015.
1: Yeah. Um, I was really glad I brought a lifetime pass. Uh, Horizons. Um, oh God!
0: Yeah, the best money I ever spent was that LEP. Exactly. Um, Shan, do you want to tell us about the uh, the open beta that we're looking forward to? Yes. This
1: week? Yeah. There's there's a couple of things that's going to be in the open beta. Um, there's the much promised uh, big game hunting on Earthlikes. Now Earthlikes have been around for a while, but now they've finally managed to populate. Um, earth-likes with um, creatures, really, I suppose you could call them, uh, that you can uh, either photograph or shoot with your um, hand pulse laser, uh, really. So I'm looking forward to that. And unlike with No Man's Sky, the procedural generation has been top-notch and the screenshots have been showing us on a weekly basis. So I'm really looking forward to that open beta. The other thing I'm looking forward to, and I think we'll come on to this later, is... Um, they're going to be introducing intra-system intra- jump gates, you know, so where you can arrive in a system, you take the jump gate, and it takes you right the way across the system without any of that waiting around in Super Cruise. So I'm waiting, I mean, wanting those to happen.
0: Uh, that, that, that's being rolled out with the big game hunting beta, isn't it?
1: It is, yeah, it is, yeah. Which means, which means if someone finds an interesting creature on an Earth-like next to a, a distant star in the system you can just go straight to it without having to worry about flying to it so yeah, awesome. yeah
0: that, that is really exciting i must say that um i mean the, the newsletter has has always been a, a pretty weighty read and in, in recent years it's just got bigger and more detailed with more 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 snippets of behind the behind the curtains of what's going on at fdev and the last few weeks with all the all the concept art all the screenshots all the all the detailed Sort of snippets of info that we've had about uh, procedurally generated life on atmospheric worlds has been awesome to see. I've really, really enjoyed those.
1: Well, that um, goes hand in hand with the uh, DDF used to be expanded as well, isn't it? That's the other thing they talked about, expanding the DDF or open to all players, not just one who manage to um, get in the Kickstarter.
0: Yes, yeah, absolutely. They have done that. Yeah, so that, that's, that's quite exciting. Um, sorry, Ben, uh, you wanted to leap in about uh, the about game hunting. Yeah, I
2: was just thinking that, as you said, looking at those screenshots, I can't believe that they've got the Darwin system looking, it's like generating everything from the realistic physics of the planet, and then evolving essentially what life form would actually work there. I think that the work—it looks so realistic. I just—it's amazing.
0: Yeah, it, it, it is really, and it, really and impressive. And it
4: it's all
2: from first prim- Yeah, as you say, it's all from first
0: principles. Very cool, Atris.
4: Yeah, did you guys happen to catch that screenshot where it looks like you were hanging off the back uh, platform from the back of the Cobra Mark III with the sniper rifle to take down that big dinosaur? Oh, yes! It's so completely good. awesome!
0: Yeah, it took me right back to the oh, Kickstarter. Right. Very, very cool. Can't David wait to has hear that. been
4: on about that for years,
0: hasn't he? He has. He can't stop banging on about hunting, hunting big dinosaurs, can he? He's
1: I mean, he has been on the screen quite a lot recently. You know, you can tell he's really excited about the game because you almost can't keep him off, really. That's true. I
0: mean, it's the same every big update, though. Isn't it? Every, every year, every update, you know, David and the senior devs are, are, are keen to get out into the community and, um, uh, and discuss what they've got planned. Um, so I guess it's no different from, from usual in that regard.
3: Mac? Yeah, I think probably one of their best moves in the last 18 months was uh, poaching from Microsoft, the developers of Flight Simulator. Because I'm a, bit, I'm a bit of a snob when it comes to atmospheric flight models, and they've they've really done such a good job, uh, taking into account things like pressure, density, uh, weather effects, all that kind of stuff. And e- each planet really does feel unique when you, when you fly through the atmosphere. And, um, I it had to cost them a pretty penny to, uh, to get those developers, of course, uh, cause I mean, they're, they're having to comp- they're having to, um, compete against Microsoft in, in their pain. We all know how much they pay. um, but yeah it was i i think that was it was a it was a bold move, but it's i mean it's it, i mean forget all the big game hunting i mean mm. meh. uh the, just the detail in the clouds and the atmospheres of, of all the various planets and how are they realistically i mean you you fly through a thunderstorm in your um in 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 your large ship, you know a you know like like my my favorite cutter, and you can really feel the turbines bouncing you around and hear the hail sort of hammering on the windscreen and all that kind of stuff it's It's absolutely brilliant i mean it it's like a whole game's worth of content, just the atmospheres alone yeah absolutely and and they you know the 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 flight model's
0: always um such a huge part of the game it's so nice to see them carry that realism through. Um, so uh, on the Twitch chat, Prime Bitstorm says, um, he asks, have we tried the Moray uh, Starboat yet on, on one of the water worlds? I haven't actually tried the Moray Starboat on a water world. Have any of you guys?
1: Well, that is part of our main discussion. And for a sneak preview of that, um, we're asking the question, is the Moray Starboat worth it for underwater exploration? Or are you better off scuba diving in your yeah. aquatic remlock? um so we'll be talking about that a bit later anyway so yeah don't worry about the, mo- the more we're we'll, we'll definitely talking about that issue coming up
0: yeah uh, and the last thing in, in development news about uh this week is um the uh uh the latest uh, cosmetic to be added to the uh, added to the store which is um earnable in game is um the, uh, we're going to get space cats added to the roster of um of cosmetic pets that you can you can add to the uh so that you can add to your ship and your and your base on planets um so uh so lots of fun stuff there uh anyway let's move on to in-game events um what's been happening this week uh well um the, i guess the biggest thing from us like uh, this, this is quite a personal bit of news and um and uh so so we'll we'll lead with it because it's it's big news for us is that um l- the the power Lave radio has actually risen up to number two in the um the power play rankings overall Um, which we are super, super excited about. And I, and I just want to say on behalf of the show, thank you to all of you commanders out there who, um, who have pledged and, and, um, engaged in loads of, loads of really fun and rewarding and varied power play activity, um, uh, to, to boost your chosen power, which didn't involve sabotage at all. Um, it's been super, super fun flying with you all. Um, so, especially
1: um, since it's open only now. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, yeah. So it's been, it's, it's, it's cool to, to see everybody coming out of solo and private groups and stuff and um, and getting stuck in.
4: Um, I mean, they rebalanced the Crime and Punishment, uh, what was it, two releases ago. It's been phenomenal since they actually do Power Play. And I, for one, as a loyal supporter of Dr. Stroud, our fearless leader of LRN, I was glad glad to say that we made it up to number two and have been part of the initiative.
0: Yeah, it's been very good to have you. Uh, ben?
4: I actually just want to take this opportunity to to
2: thank Atrus for getting Lave Radio Network from being a minor power into the power play. I think, yeah, you know, we couldn't have done it without you, to be honest. So I think it's you. You have put in so much time and effort. I really want to, yeah, you know, from the bottom of me, the soles of my feet. I want to thank you for all the effort you put in there, mate.
4: Ah, uh, um, well, you know, I'm, uh, the only way that was really made possible, in all honesty, was the fact that. They took away so many of the repetitive clicks you have to go through to purchase the materials you need to trade to actually fortify different systems. It has made life so much easier. I might have to try totally.
3: PowerPlay again.
4: Oh, it's totally worth it. a completely revamped system now.
0: It's been really nice to see how much work they've, that um, Frontier have put into PowerPlay over the years. You know, it, it's, it, you know it's really cool that, that they put a feature in, they... They they listen, and they've demonstrated it over and over again. They've demonstrated it with CQC, PowerPlay, Multicrew. They put a feature in, make sure it's feature complete, listen carefully to feedback from players, um, tweak it, um, iterate upon it, um, have several bites at the cherry until it's absolutely spot on. It's really nice to see the amount of uh, development that's gone into Power Play over the years.
4: Oh, don't even forget the fact that we, you know, queuing for CQC now is such a breeze you just sign up within your ship and then as soon as the match becomes available, you just popped right in.
0: Yeah. So that, that is really cool. The lobby, the, the lobby system is really good now.
2: That's if the, the system doesn't say, Hey, you you look, you, yeah, you look like you want to play CQC. Well, we've got a match here for, wait, wait for you. Come and get it.
0: Yeah. We're, we're getting slightly, slightly off topic. We, we, we we've got the, like that we, never happens. <laughs> we've got our, uh, our, our, our detailed CQC episode, um, where we discuss the new lobby system and and um, and the excellent new matchmaking system uh, later on this year. Um, Galnet online, there's been a bit of controversy in the community um, in the community over over, um, over Galnet, um, and the question I want to pose to you guys is: Is it too much? Is is the is the is the flow of news and information in the game just a bit too much? You know, I've, I've and I've I've seen it on the forum, I've seen it on Twitter. You know. It, some people are saying, "Oh, you know, I love I love the stories; they're great, and and I can just stick them on kind of audio or or stick them on um on my little uh, my little screen in the cockpit and uh, and just let it play." And other people are saying, "Look, there's there's just too much lore, there's too much backstory, too much context to all of our actions. You know, I I, I just can't absorb it." Um, Shan, what what are your thoughts? I think it's actually got a lot better because when it first came out
1: when he had the Galnet audio and it read it, it sounded very robotic and almost like those spam YouTube videos where they just have an automated voice. But it really sounds as though they've gone the extra mile to recruit proper voice actors to read it out. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's for me when I'm out exploring and playing, it's now replaced Netflix on my second screen because you can just listen to it and get involved in the universe of elite and sort of really feel as though you're you're there. So I I can see how people who may be short for time might feel there's too much content, but it's available any time you want, so you don't have to listen to it live.
0: Yeah, that's that's, that's true. I, I suppose if you're a very casual player, the the feeling that the galaxy has moved on without you might be a little bit off putting. But for veterans, I I, I really like it. Yeah, TwoFlex have just said in chat, um, they do seem to put a lot of uh,
1: commercials and advertising in the Galnet audio now. I don't know if you heard the ones, were they advertised ship skins as, as
0: adverts inside Galnet? What? Sort of out of universe? Emotion breaking, you mean?
1: No, no. You know how like we've had lay radio adverts forever?
0: Yeah frontier
1: have adopted that now haven't they to put in the um- oh
0: yeah 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 the law ad yeah they're, they're very cool very very i really like the um the color that they that they bring to the universe very very good <laughs> um and we've also uh what else has been going on we had our first um uh, we had our first buckyball triathlon um which was was it swimming running and racing in the srv is that right or was it uh was it on a hover bike i can't remember ben can you um- tell us about this
2: I have to admit, I actually ignored all that stuff. I just, you know what I'm like on anything planet side. You know, unless I'm on my hover bike. Well, you know, I've, been, I've been asked, I've wanted to speed a bike ever since Alpha. I'm glad we got it you a couple of years ago. I love it. But the rest of it, I just can't be bothered with, to be honest.
0: Yeah, okay. Fair
2: enough.
1: Dan, well, did Alec, I did actually, I mean, Alec Turner has made a racetrack on the Sea of Tranquility and um so it's a combined foot and the racing variant of the srv um around his track on the on the on, on the moon basically and it looked really fun particularly now uh, you can engineer racing srvs to improve the handling or make them faster and more skittish so that has added a complete variation to the srvs and i did hear a rumor actually that as part of one of the updates coming later the year you were going to be how if you like have a a robotic pit crew that would jump out and change the tires and you're (laughs) racing FRV.
0: brilliant perfect yeah so the um uh hop onto the the buckyball website if uh if you're interested in taking part in the next buckyball triathlon i think the next one will definitely involve swimming on a on on an earth-like atmospheric world um uh but this one was just a just a a, a foot and uh, so just running on foot and uh SRV racing on on the surface of the moon um so we also had um we also had a little bit of controversy elsewhere um so i, I was talking about um uh i was talking to Atris uh, earlier about uh, about ranking up with the alliance um did you guys see the um did you guys see the people on the forum whining that um when they rank up with the, the Federation, the Empire, or the Alliance, it impacts their experience with the other superpowers. So saying, like, you know, they, 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 they put a load of effort into ranking up with the Federation and becoming really friendly with them, and then that impacts their experience of the galaxy elsewhere, and, and the and the Empire, for example, are less friendly to them when they go into their space. Did you, did you see that?
1: I did, yes. I was, I was a little bit worried because they wrote an open letter on Frontier Tend to take notice of open letters and implement what's in them. So, kind of a bit worried about. That. Yeah, that's to be true. Honest, I think it
2: serves them right. I mean, you know, I I love the fact that people are losing their cutters because they're trying to go and get the corvettes. Of course, it's going to happen. What do you expect?
0: Yeah, that's that's definitely it serves my them right, right
3: for being turncoats. I mean, yeah. um, I mean, everybody should just accept that the empire is the best and. <laughs> If you want to hang on to your cutter, you've got to well, you've got to be loyal. I mean, that's fair. Here, fair. Dirty <laughs> <It's> <laughs> independence all the way.
0: <laughs> yeah, the um, uh, I mean, I mean, okay. So I get where they're coming from, but I just want to pose this question. Imagine if that wasn't a feature. Imagine if you could just rank up really like you could rank up to vice admiral with the um with the federation and also up to king with the empire at the same time with no impact on on either reputation like that would feel more that would feel a bit more flimsy like that would feel feel very gamey wouldn't it it would yeah it would that's my take on it anyway
4: oh I, i can't remember what was it two years ago with that beta that they did with us they did exactly that and people were complaining that, you know, in the galact- in the Galactic War between the Federation and the Empire, they didn't really have any consequences from it. So Frontier took that on board and said, Right, we're not gonna do that. So it's been tried. We know it doesn't work. So kinda glad we moved past that point.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I, I agree with you. It does feel like a conversation that we all- that's already put to bed. Um yeah, totally. Um, right, so we uh, elsewhere. We also had, I think this was on Monday. We had um, players gathering at the Tianisla Orbital Graveyard. Um, I think this yours, wasn't it, Ben? Is yours?
2: Yeah, this is mine. I just, I'm basically, I'm wanting to promote some of uh, Commander Thane's work because he's gone off and done some. He's gone off and done the audio drama version of the Dark Wheel and is being played in game in the Tienisla Graveyard. And it was re- as I said the, earlier. I was sort of hanging out there earlier, like through the week, and hearing it over my over the headphones. It's it's just the sense of immersion while you're while the story's being read out to you. It's just it's it takes my it takes my breath away. And you know, Thane has done as ever a great job there.
4: Well, wait, the wait. commanders. No, I was about to say the commanders. He got to actually do the synchronized space uh, spacewalk. Ah. Oh. Fantastic! He really yeah. pulled out all the stops on this one. Yeah,
0: yeah that was very that was very cool. I tell you it, what, you're, around that around the graveyard is really they've done a really good job with.
4: They've that. nailed it.
1: Really Did you have, it. were you there a few uh, weeks ago? Where I've forgotten the, the player's name now, but basically they um, replicated the scene in the Dark Wheel where Alex boards the Cobra. You know, that he then flies off at. So they, they mimic the whole scene as if it was the act from the Dark Wheel novel, and I thought that was awesome.
2: I was actually, I because I was done over the weekend. I was at home with the family over that, unfortunately. Oh, right. Yeah.
0: The um, uh, the they use the um, uh, that the the hatch breaking um, uh, multi tool, the hand the hand tool thing. That's right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Very cool. I tell you, I must admit that 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 orbital graveyard is um. It's one of the most atmospheric places in the game, really. Um, people always say, like, "Oh, you know, to make such a big deal out of it, it's super easy to add." All they did with that was add some wreckage as a POI. But like, I feel like that misses the point. Like, it may have been really a, a really simple and easy thing that Frontier could add, but at the sa- but at the same time, it, it's so atmospheric. It lends such a lot of. Um, it, I don't know. Like it, it's such a nod to the history of the franchise. Um, it lends such a lot of atmosphere. I just think it's really cool. If you haven't been, you've got to visit it. The is the um D-N-Isla orbital graveyard is 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 one of the the must visit places in the game for me. Um, anyway, let's talk about the newsletter. Oh, do you, oh, by the way, uh, Sue, do you, have you seen it in VR yet? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Very awesome in VR. Just all those all those ships just spinning gently around you. Fantastic. And it's persistent as well, isn't it? Because if
1: you if you nudge a, a wreck, well, you get a bounty anyway, obviously, but you can, if you nudge a wreck and it drifts slightly of course, and the next time so you come in or a player comes in, it will be in that same position. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Very cool. Very cool. Um, right, okay, so newsletter. What has been in the newsletter? Tell you what, these newsletter segments, they just, I feel like they're taking up the show, you know? Like, when we first started, the newsletter was like, 10 or 15 minutes and we just whittle through what the dev news was. And it's just like, I just feel like we spend so much time on it. It's so full of, it's so full of stuff. So, okay, let's, let's whittle through it. Um, panther ship clip, uh, clip, that panther ship kit, nearly. Um, who's bought this? I,
4: really I have. Go
1: back.
0: on, Jan. <laughs>
1: no, no, I, I have. I mean, it was quite a way through. I think it was on page 45 of the newsletter. So they, they, they maintain the tradition of not really promoting the ship uh, skins and stuff like that. They, they sort of, uh, put them at the back almost like the adverts in the old comics. Um, but yeah, so I, I quite enjoyed it, actually. Um, what did you think, uh,
3: well, I I I never really got that far. The the trouble is, it's too, it's too it's too damn long to read. I never get through it anymore. So I I usually learn from these things from the podcast, and I I end up fiddling with them like days later. So um, I've just I've just had to make do with the uh. There's there's been they they didn't really make much fanfare about it, but there's there's been some new paint jobs and ship kits for the the. Uh, for, for for some of the other ships like the uh, the Cutter, of course. So and uh, and then and they should really be. I mean, everybody's like everybody's like mad on the Panther Clipper. And I don't know why. It's it's a box. It's a box with engines on it. And well, some of these, I, I think it's overshadowing a lot of the other really good stuff that's been coming out. Some some of the interesting. Um, so some of the, the more the more interesting ship kits on the on some of the ships that are just getting overlooked because you know everybody's a billionaire've got their panther clippers and they're all sort of gadding around the universe in these these hideous boxes and um well, I think it's doing a bit of a little bit of an injustice really but anyway i I could rant all night about this so i i think i, th- I think i think Atras wants to say something so i'll I'll pass the mic to him go on atrus.
4: Oh well, Mac. You know, you've been saying this for a while now. That even back when we only had the T9, it was just a box with an engine on it, and it was nothing like the Cutter. But let me tell you, it is still the superior trade vessel, in my opinion. But uh, no, the Panther Clipper, I think, is an amazing box. It it defines everything you want in a space industrial trader, especially with the little shuttle services that you get between you and the stations to unload the cargo. And then on top of that, now that they actually started packaging the ship kits together, like both the Raider and the standard one. Phenomenal! Do you ever look at what a Raider Panther Clipper looks like? It's amazing the amount of skulls you can have on that thing.
0: <laughs> it is very cool. I love the way that the um, way that it can't—it's it, too big to get through the letterbox, and it needs the it needs the little shuttlecraft to move the um, to to move the um, the cargo. To and from the space station, as obviously, if you if you if you take it to an orbital, I mean, most people these days for bulk runs go straight down to the planet surface, don't they?
3: And of course, the the one good thing about the Panther Clipper, though, is of course you can get a free one if you go to Hutton Orbital. <laughs> <laughs>
2: actually, I've got a serious question for you guys. Actually, it's like, yeah, I, I mean, I can okay, we accept the Panther Clippers, great and all that, but I just don't like flying it. I mean, as you say, it is a box. But my God, and it steers like one. And I just, I personally, I just don't find the fun in that. Yeah, but the,
4: oh, sorry, Shannon, go ahead.
1: Well, I was going to say, well, first of all, um, I I heard a rumor that Cow is falling in love with the Clipper and he's petitioned Frontier to give him the Cow ship skin for it. But um, (laughs) talking about ship kits and stuff like that, I think one ship, they could really do with more paint skins and a ship kit is the merlin i mean the merlin is so underrated and so much fun to fly it does really need extra stuff
0: yeah that's true they keep they, yeah. they keep pumping out new um new spoilers and, and paint jobs for the constrictor but i feel like the merlin's been a bit over um we uh anyway that's probably enough on paint jobs um so uh the the law snapshot so as you guys know there's uh every uh every week in the newsletter um there is a detailed law snapshot where the um the narrative team take us uh, behind the scenes of one of the facets of the elite dangerous um law which is which is brilliant because and i've always loved it because uh, the elite franchise as a whole has one of the the, the deepest and richest um traditions of narrative and law and um and fdev uh, are obviously um completely aware and proud of this and um and take every action they can to to um to maximize um our enjoyment of it and their um and make the and make the most of that tremendous asset that they have, um, and have re- reiterated several times that they will never um, never take that um, for granted or or um, or not make the most of that. And uh, and the newsletter is a is a is a really good case in point because every week, obviously, we get the the really detailed law snapshots, and uh, and this week's was um, was Galcop, um, a history of of the in game entity Galcop. Um, did you guys see this? I thought it was really interesting. I, I, I'm probably a, the most into law out of, out of everybody here, but, um, but I, for one thought it was really, really brilliant and told me a few things I didn't know. Um, did you guys see it? I did. Yes. What I thought particularly insightful is we finally know what happened to them. Yes, true. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. We won't, uh, we won't spoil it for, uh, for any list, uh, any listeners who haven't, um, haven't read the newsletter yet, but, uh, but yeah, check it out. um, Okay. Development insights. Uh, the other, we, we, also got a few, obviously the cursory bits of, um, behind the scenes concept art. And there was one that, um, there was one that I think, uh, Ben, were you talking about this earlier? The, uh, the Alliance military uniform or was that Atrus? It might've been Atrus.
4: Oh, well, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know about you guys, but to me, it looked a little bit too much like Starfleet, you know, the red shirts. Um, yeah. So it made me a bit concerned about what they think about the Alliance military, but I'm not going to go into that right now. But uh, <laughs> overall though, like I think it's a good concept art. It doesn't really quite match the, 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 the grandeur that we saw with the Imperials, uh, which obviously fits really in nicely with their, you know, with their whole backstory and whatnot. But the Federation ones to me kind of reminded me of the uniforms that we saw. Um, how many of you guys played Starcraft two and remember being on the bridge of the battle cruiser and you saw everyone in the uniforms during the, um, it kind of remind me of that with all the fanfare. I, I love StarCraft
3: Two. What's I'm that? Actually- I love StarCraft Two.
4: Yes, absolutely. yeah, you know what I'm talking about, like the yeah. the uh, the Terran uh, you know military uniforms that they had on the bridge with the uh, all that crazy fanfare and the medals, and it kind of reminded me like of a combination of Judge Dread and um, oh god, what's the other um, uh, Warhammer?
0: Yes, yeah, absolutely, yeah.
4: Shan?
1: Um, I'm actually pleased they went with the Starfleet look, because in some of the screenshots they showed in, a, in a dev earlier dev diary, they'd gone with a Firefly, Malcolm Reynolds look, and I, I thought, that's a bit too obvious, really. So I'm quite glad they went the way they did, because I'm not sure having people walk around um, as they, as they uh, would
0: in Firefly is a bit kind of... Yeah, not everybody gay. can wear a trench coat. Uh, so, i mean it's, uh, i don't really i'm not i'm not super fussy about the um the alliance uh military uniform i'm just i'm just pleased that they i'm just pleased that the alliance is, is is really well fleshed out as a superpower you know um i i sometimes just think like imagine if imagine if that wasn't the case and how how much poorer the um the game would be um so i'm just happy to see that uh that getting some getting some love um, so we also had a look back as a, as a, a couple of pages in the newsletter were a, a retrospective on the um, on the uh, the timeline of the overall um, elite dangerous development to date, um, and this was really cool because you know the, 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 the updates are so regular, they're so well telegraphed, and they're so um, so clearly um, so 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 clearly sort of uh, laid out in advance in the roadmap that it's sometimes easy to take for granted just the pace of change that we've seen with elite. Um, and I actually, for one, found it really useful to see it laid out, sort of, you know, in bullet points, essentially. Um, so for those of you who haven't seen, obviously, we had the um, 2015 brought us the um, uh, planetary landings for the first time. So it gave us the ability to, to the land airless on worlds, wasn't it? Airless worlds, yeah. To, to land on airless worlds, get into the SRV, um, bomb around, um, and uh, and and actually, there's quite a lot to do on the on the planets. So, and and the SRV obviously was 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 done really well and and has been. A Perennially popular part of the game, even even if the planets that that update gave us access to were actually just airless rocks and, and snowballs. Um, but uh, but anyway, it it, it set the uh, it set the pace, and then obviously 2016 brought us um, after after the Horizon series lasted exactly a year. Um, the 2016 update was um, a little bit more modest. It was just volcanic plan- planets. So um, so 2016 obviously brought us uh, lava worlds. Um, and let us land on sort of Mercury likes and um uh and, and and volcanic worlds with um with detailed um sort of uh volcanism and lava flows and all that sort of thing. Um which was which was very dramatic, very fun. Um and also often overlooked. It also brought us um PS four and Xbox crossplay, um, which has uh which people don't often talk about enough, but I feel like it is it has actually really improved the game. It um, has, yeah. Yeah. 2017, uh, this is the big one, obviously. Um, who, wants to, who wants to touch on the... Uh, Shan, do you want to touch on the, the 2017 update for us? Yeah, I think we were, we were
1: stunned um, when the screenshots of the Atmospheric Planets came out. And also, they then combined that with the Space Legs as well. Um, it looked as though they'd been working on it since before the release of the game in 2014 so it, it it might be they'd probably have a, a completely different team working on that um but it wasn't just like with well, atmospheric planets it wasn't just like you go through and there's a graphic and different particle effects and stuff like that it was fully realized atmospheres so you can be you can skim along just above the clouds and see the hurricane so you know as you know when you go to a when you go to an earth like. Now, you see a storm system on the Earth-like, and you can go down and visit that storm system where it's actually at in-game. That was just mind-blowing. And um, and then having the, the space legs to walk around this environment, being able to hang out and chill with your friends in the bars. Then, of course, you had the, um, the ship boarding mechanic and all the sort of stuff that we have got so used to. It was, yeah, unbelievable.
0: EVA I particularly like just just the ability to just the ability to 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 come out of your base on a on a beautiful uh, um, atmospheric world a beautiful earth like time into your ship take off uh leave the atmosphere and then EVA out and look back at that pearlescent um planet below you just totally mind blowing really fantastic it still gets me every time um 2018 obviously brought uh, brought f- uh, fleet carriers um and PS for VR support, uh, which is brilliant. Um, Fleet carriers, obviously, was was um, that was game arrive. changing.
1: Yeah, because yeah, no, yeah, I, yeah. I I know we'd wondered what on earth are going to be used for, but who knew the use just, frontier came up with them would, would have been so good and so essential, really.
0: Yeah, and it was it's so good to see them arrive bang on um, the end of 2018 as well um, to just just round off the Beyond series exactly ex- exactly when planned. Um, Atrus?
4: Yeah, I just want to mention with 2017, you guys forgot the fact that, um, you know, with our pilots in particular and walking around the ships, uh, you didn't really mention the fact that we can actually now drink Alpha Centauri Gin and Lavian Brandy on board and fly our ships drunk in-game. <laughs> um, in fact, I tried to dock drunk, and I ended up getting fined from the station for uh, inappropriate flying.
0: <laughs> wow, what a surprise. Yeah, I feel like getting, I feel like drinking the, the like, um, Lavian Brandy, like, Drink drinking so you get the the so you get the the drunk screen effect is the kind of thing that everybody does once and then and then uh, just so they can say they have just so they can say and then well. after the read by screen they never do it again. Yeah, exactly,
3: exactly. <laughs> well, well, I hear there's some really hardcore guys in Newton's Gambit who do all this and then go flight assist off and try to dock and do various things with FA off. Uh, and apparently, some of them got really good at it. And um, yeah, that, that's a, that's a very special skill, I think. Don't don't
4: forget the onion head effect. That is still trippy as all hell when the screen goes all purple from smoking that.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Very cool. Very very cool. Um, anyway, let's let's move on. Uh, Twenty nineteen. Um, this this was uh, widely anticipated. Um, and, uh, and and was really looked forward to by a particular um, by a particularly voc- vocal contingent of the player base, and that's gas giant mining. Um, and there was there were always doubters about it, and people who said like, oh, you know, what would be the utility, and and, um, and what would be the gameplay associated? But um, uh, but gas giants, I thought, brought a huge amount to the game because those those giant beautiful planets ceased to just be marbles in space and actually became things that you can interact with. And the flight model, particularly the um, how the density of the cloud layers affects the, uh, the way your ship behaves, um, has never got old for me. I've, I, I've, I thought last year's gas giant update was, was totally brilliant. Um, Chan? I was a bit sad with gas giants,
1: really, because you now have the ability to refuel from any gas giant. Uh, I don't know about you, but I kind of miss the fuel rats, because now you can refuel anywhere. The fuel rats' use just kind of dried up, really. So I was a bit sad to see them decline. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. I, I mean,
3: you see this on the other hand, it's been a real boon for the whole seals because there are so many new ways of damaging your ship. Um, so I, it, it hasn't over. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree with you that the loss of the fuel rats was, it was a bit too bad. Um, and especially, I mean, to add insult to injury, they took, you know, all those fuel rat ads they had on stations, they took them out as well. I, I thought that was a, I thought that was rubbing it in a little bit much, but on the other hand, the the wholesalers have have had a, an absolute whale of a time with all the the new and interesting repair mechanics that that uh, the gas giants brought because there were so many new and unusual ways in which you could damage your ship.
0: Yeah, yeah, very good point, um,
4: Atris. Yeah, to follow up with what Mac was saying about damaging your ship, but this is actually how I lost my mining T10 when I was first trying to do. So the, the one thing I should start with is that the science behind the gas giants that Frontier has implemented is phenomenal. And the metrics that you now can actually look at from the system navigation panel, where it actually shows you the information about the planet, about the wind speeds and the different layers, the pressures at different atmospheres. So with Jupiter, for example, it actually may rain diamonds on it in real life. And they decided, you know, in game, we're going to make it possible to mine diamonds from the atmosphere of certain gas giants at a certain pressure. So I lost my mining T-10 because I wasn't able to actually compensate for the different storms that were going on within the planet. And Mm. it was actually a really incredible experience to just go in there in such a large ship and then suddenly lose control of it and spin out of control and lose all this cargo. But the nice thing is that because of the new persistence system that they added as well, some guy came along, collected all my diamonds after seeing me fail spectacularly and uh, (laughs) ran off with the boon.
0: That's nice uh, that, that, that the game supports that. I love that it supports that.
4: Well, cool.
1: Although a slight whinge at the imagination of players, um, I'm getting a bit bored with players calling their uh, cloud bases Bespin. Everywhere <laughs> you go, it's
0: Bespin this and Bespin that. It's kind of Think of a different name, guys. Come on. Well, that brings us on to the other... That's an excellent segue there, Shan. That brings us uh, on to the other big update of last year, which was base building, obviously. Um, I mean, for me, this has been... I didn't. I didn't buy Elite because I wanted to, to 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 build houses all over the galaxy. I just wanted to fly a spaceship. But um, tell you what, I've absolutely loved the ability to like stake a claim on a planet and um, and build a little base there and and um, you know grow crops and and have a little uh, have a little um, sort of um, like a little place to call my own, a little foothold in the galaxy. It's really it's really changed the the game for me. And, and uh,
1: or- uh, one of the things I was. I was worried about, but I'm glad Frontier are on top of it, is I was quite concerned when they said you could rename your base to whatever you wanted. So, you know, you looked on the navigation display and it'd be this base name. I'm really glad Frontier are on top of people call, stopping and calling them abusive names and swearing and all sorts of stuff like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, I was kind of like, you know, I was kind of like afraid that you'd have like, you'd go down to Lave 2 and you'd see Trump Towers or something like that would be, would be on there. So I'm really glad
0: they're on, they're on top of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it, it, it's definitely been uh, that. For, for me, I think the biggest game changers have been atmospheric landings um, and space legs and base building. Um, I've, th- those three have, have really, really dramatically changed my, um, changed my love of the game and, um, and made it greater. Um, so, who wants to talk about the roadmap for the rest of 2020?
1: Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll jump in, um, but I will just say something quickly, and you can all get a drink. Uh, one of the things I was, one of the things I was looking through that that development timeline, and I was a little bit sad actually, because I, I remember back in um, 2014 when net mentioned they'd cancelled Guild Wars Two because they didn't actually have the resources to finish it. So, uh, you know, I don't really know what Guild Wars 2 would have been like had they finished it, but uh, just seeing how much Frontier actually managed to, to get through. Yeah, I don't, so, I I don't think you'd have liked it, like, it, actually. I, I don't know. But anyway, in late 2020, um, finally we are getting access to the Andromeda Galaxy via the the Stargate, and I just can't wait to go through the Raxxler
0: Stargate and visit Andromeda. I just can't wait for that. That would be immense. Yeah, I was I, I was pretty I, I was a little bit dubious when they said that they were um that they were going to um uh you know there were gonna be ways that for players to actually, you know, um to solve the the riddles of where Raxa is and, and um uh and I was a little bit worried about, oh, God, you know, it'll be another thing that somebody cracks in half an hour and then it'll be ruined for everybody. But actually, the, the, the mysteries have been really, really good. The riddles have been really smart. They've taken people working together. Um, it's been a really interesting group effort over the course of the year, which is um, so I've really enjoyed.
1: Yeah, I, I did like how, I think it was a few weeks ago, Canon posted in the forum saying they were completely stuck and needed the community's help to decode the the riddles and everyone just kind of jumped in and helped the cannon out, getting um, the riddles done. So I thought
3: that was superb. Yeah, good, good, ex- uh, good little show of community spirit. Um, um Cool. I think what a lot of people are missing about the Andromeda I because earlier on in the game, people lamented that uh, explorers, in particular, that the galaxy was effectively it wasn't all mapped, but it was all charted, so it was easy to plot a route anywhere. Um... Uh, but the the nice thing with the new galaxy is when you jump there, absolutely nothing's plotted. So the community is going to actually have to chart their way through the stars to build up. Oh, all I the can't wait for that! And um, I, I think for from the exploration point of view, that will be the, the probably the most exciting bit of it all. Is is that everybody's going to have to actually chart the path through it rather than just look at the gal map and off they go. Yeah.
0: And also,
1: they said uh, the process of using the stargate will disable your fro your frameshift engineering mods. So you have to have a you have to have like a 2015, 2016 um style jump range. And there'll be none of this kind of cruising down the M6 with eighty light year jump range because the Stargate will affect the jump drive.
3: Yeah, back to back to anacondas with only forty light year jump range. <laughs> indeed right
0: we've got quite a lot to, to uh we've got quite a few uh main discussions um there's there's been a few things um a few bits and bobs of controversy on the forums that i want to want to touch on um and um uh which are our main discussion for this evening so um we're going to do uh we're going to have a quick advert break and then uh come back uh, for that so if you're listening do stay tuned
5: live radio it's
2: even louder than me wait a minute i can't be right
4: This is a public service announcement from the Fuel Rats. Please stop what you're doing and pay attention. If we can rescue you, we will, but you can help us help you by following these easy steps. One, fly 50 light seconds or so from the system's main star and drop out of supercruise. Two, note down the current system and the nearest stellar body. Three, if you're on emergency life support, log out immediately. 4. Go to FuelRats.org and click Get Help. 5. Stay calm, hold your breath, and let our seasoned professionals do what they do best. The Fuel Rats. We have fuel, you don't. Any questions?
1: main discussion. Um, We've got quite a few topics, really. Uh, We've had to cut them down a bit, because otherwise we'd go on, really. Um, We touched on this earlier, though. Uh, The Moray starboat. um, there's been quite a lot of discussion uh, saying, is it really worth it for underwater exploration, or are you better off actually using the scuba diving mechanic? Is it um, more immersive, if you pardon the experience, scuba diving and using the Moray. So, what do you guys think?
4: Well, for me personally, um, when they first introduced the underwater exploration, I was using an Orca and I really quite liked it. And I haven't had really too much time to spend in the Moray Starboat. But from what it looks like and everything that I've been reading about it, it sounds like it's even better than the Orca in terms of underwater handling. And also the viewports on it are amazing. Um, but again, I need to kind of figure out as well whether it's worth the scuba diving or not. I haven't really, I'm not, I'm going to be honest, I don't mess around too much with the water worlds. I just don't find them personally interesting. I, I, I like my Earth worlds, my volcanic worlds, but water worlds, nah, not for me.
1: Well, one of my real highlights in the in the star boat, you remember the scenes from Interstellar when the gravitational pull of the black hole creates a huge tidal wave. And, and yeah, that one. I was, I, was on a, I was on a planet with uh, pretty close to a neutron star, and that actually happened. They'd modeled this huge tidal wave coming at me in the moray Starboat. and if I'd been scuba diving I'd have been been gone but because I was in the moray and I had shields and stuff like that it bounced me around a little bit but I I survived in it so yeah I think you need to be careful um, when you're scuba diving it's substantially riskier.
0: Definitely has use cases. Um, Ben?
2: Yeah I'm just going to say I like the moray and I like that we've got the underwater vehicles for it as well so you know, you, like you've got your ship launch fighters, you've got your simple It feels very much like Thunderbirds Four when it goes off and drops into into the sea.
4: Yeah, uh, yeah, I know what you mean.
2: That transition effect and the the visibility, the manoeuvrability of the ship, I I just love. Um, yes, okay, you can get more up close and personal if you're if you're in your scuba gear. Um, I'm hoping we're going to get hard suits at some point, actually, because the things I'd like to see in the deep-sea trenches, obviously the scuba gear is not good for, but...
0: And obviously can, the, the, the game models can, the, the pressure and stuff, so... Um. Yeah,
2: I mean, you can see it in your in your starboard, but I'd like to actually get up close and personal with some of the tubers and things like that.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I hear that. I mean, from, from my point of view, I, I just love... The- caves um which you can't you can't experience them properly from the moray i I like Mm. i like being able to to actually you know do spelunking underwater and see the see the cool procedural life um and um the the weird squid monsters flitting about and all that kind of thing and i just don't feel you get that i i hear what shan's saying there is like a durability aspect to to being in the in the in the ship underwater but um i just have you been
1: chased by a leviathan yet
0: (laughs) not yet not yet.
1: Oh, well, you know the scene in the Phantom Menace,
0: you know, when they're in the little
1: boat and they're running along and all these sea monsters are coming yes. out. That's just brilliant. You get, you know, you, you get this little fish coming at you and all of a sudden the Leviathan comes out and does the episode one <laughs> thing. It's
0: superb. Very cool. Very, very cool. Um, okay, well let's move on from, from underwater. We'll, we'll have to do a special, um, we'll have to do a dedicated episode on, on underwater exploration. Um, CQC, uh, are the bots too good for players? Um, I, I keep hearing this on the forum and elsewhere. Um, people saying that the, the bots are overpowered and and, um, and and CQC is you know super super easy to find a match, but um, but the the NPCs are a little bit too uh, too powerful. Um, who here regularly plays CQC?
3: I hear this accusation being made all the time. The the thing is is I I think they're quite well matched. Um if you got get good, right? practice a little bit. I mean you can't you can't just sit there, you can't just expect to do oh just fly around CQC with FA on and and all that kind of stuff. You've got to manage your pips. You gotta at least use FA off to turn around and that kind of thing. So you gotta practice. If they made if they made if they made it too easy, the you know the skill ceiling would be too low and the, the, what would be the point so I think p- people are just going to whine people are just whining yeah yeah I, i'm
0: I'm inclined to agree i i mean i know everybody here um i know everybody in the la radio queue um crew, sorry used to be a bit dismissive of c q c um but since f have put so much work into it over the years and um had so many had so many balance passes on it you, you've got to admit that it does work brilliantly now um and yes. i know i know that everybody here plays it quite a lot As I um, just love
2: watching it.
0: Yeah, it is yeah, a great spectator sport.
2: It's so much fun to watch. this. Yeah, and getting those ca- the camera drones and just zipping along or auto following your ships and things. Yeah, you know, it's it's just so watchable. I can't I can't really
0: say anything more <laughs> than that.
3: Just- well, just well, the 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 other good thing they they. Uh, they added to it was the auto tournament mode, um, a bit like StarCraft Two has the auto tournament. So you can just, you can just. Anyway, uh, I'll pass the mic over to Shan. I, I butted in there a bit.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, it, it was fine. Um, you can really tell uh, Sarah Jane Avery has put her heart and soul into bots. And um, do you remember if about a couple of months ago, just before they had the patch? Is what they did? They invited a few of the top PvP players. And they adapted the way these bots flew based on the input and basically recorded how these PB play, P players fought and made the bots mimic it. So maybe that's why people found that, that a bit hard, because they're modeled on real people. Yeah, that's true.
0: I mean, direct... Um, uh, oof, um, I think this person's name is Kirov099. Um, sorry if I've got that wrong. It says says... Um, I'm really upset that they gave the CQC bots engineered mod- modules. It was a terrible uh decision. Um so uh so yeah, I think that you know, that that could be could be part of why people find them difficult. Um, that they're exhibiting uh sort of unusual behaviours and um and they're flying with engineered modules. They should um, just get good. <laughs> I agree. I agree, <laughs> they should get just get good. I think this is I think this kind of speaks of a wider trend that's definitely been in evidence and edit dangerous over the last 18 months um and something that i've noticed i'm interested to hear what you guys think and that is that um pvp is just getting so much attention from the devs um i feel, I feel like every you know every li- every frontier live stream it's all oh, you know the, the this week's pvp league and 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 you know the 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 icarus cup you know what the, the f- with the third bloody icarus cup now i feel like all we read about is the damn icarus cup and um i just i don't know i just feel like pvp is getting A huge amount of focus from.
1: Well, I think it really took off when they made it balanced, and you know it wasn't so much about how many people you know you could gank you and things like that. But they sorted the crime and punishment system out, and they made it more balanced. So it became a much more of a skill activity than a let's gang up and gank someone. I thought I think it just really helped the crime and punishment, and that I think was the was the key
0: yeah i think i i totally agree with that i think that the getting crime and punishment so right um so that so that high security systems really feel high very secure and um and low security feel much less safe um i just for me it's the it's the fact that when you when you're in a high security you can you you can expect to be safe and when you're in a low security you you know that you're a risk um i i just i feel like they they nailed that and and p v p really did Start to work as a game mechanic when uh, when they got the crime and punishment system right. Um, anyway, we'll 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 talk about CQC another time. Uh, on to uh, somebody was uh, somebody complained that um, since the um, I, I think it was I think it was one of the twenty sixteen uh, quarter patches, um, the SRV variance patch. Um, I don't know if you guys guys remember this, but it was a whole quarter where um, the patch was just srv variants so we that that brought us the hover bikes the speeders the tanks the walkers you know the ones that like look like mechs um and and um and, and a couple of others and a few people i know have, have said oh god there's so many bloody srv variants they all you know i don't i don't know what's what it's so confusing um and um uh and and, and obviously a few other people commented that actually know they're really necessary and imagine the game would if we only had one and, and that's really what it comes down to for me I, I, I just feel like they, they add so much life to the game they
1: do my, my favourite one is you know the one that looks like Optimus Prime yeah. <laughs> yes yeah yeah, yeah. The like, it, can, it can transform into a shipworn fighter oh that's right that's a Decepticon don't they it's like a Decepticon mm. um, where it transforms into a shipworn fighter and it can then land and then it becomes an SLV that's my favourite the Transformer one
0: that, I think that one, that one didn't come in the SRV variant. That that one came in the update where they made multi-crew. I think you're right. Yeah, I and, think you're right. Um, and wings work together perfectly.
3: Yeah, I was going to say multi-crew SRVs were probably the. That was probably the best. I mean, the variants are nice and all that, but getting it to work multi-crew was probably that was probably the turning point.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, some people have said like, oh, you know, why didn't why didn't they work perfectly? But and. That, is a, that seems a little bit churlish to me. I mean, you can't get everything right first time, but the fact that, the fact that Frontier saw that multi-crew and wings not working together um, was stupid and went back and quite quickly fixed it was, um, was really cool. Um, Atrus.
4: Yeah, um, I just wanted to mention that also with those SRVs that came out, especially when they built the surface miner uh, SRV, the one that does the laser mining right into the planet, not yeah. like the old Prospector one. Uh, I think a lot of people thought at that point, that's when we knew base building was in the pipeline yeah, I think that was because everyone was like, "Why would we have you know the ability to set up these surface miners if unless we were able to come back to them?"
1: Yeah, have you true true. tried to land one on an asteroid yet?
4: Uh, yeah, it hasn't gone too well. I actually, so I don't know if you guys happen to notice that occasionally in one of the rings, like it depends on which systems you go to, but every now and then you see something kind of flying in the distance and it resembles a space loach. Uh, so, <laughs> so you know, well, I think
1: that's part of the onion onion head effect I think exist I'm pretty sure, yeah
4: yeah, so i've just I've been wondering about this myself personally, because a few times I've gone now, I've just seen that out in the distance, and I'm like, right, this is probably not gonna do, this is gonna end horribly for me
2: <laughs> so, ben. Atrus, you were saying about the asteroid mining, I mean, I know I went off and tried that the other week, and it felt almost like I was playing billiards. Essentially, like you know, I'm taking the taking the the module in carefully, carefully, and I'm I'm going in as slow as I can, and then I kiss the bloody asteroid, and then of course the asteroid buggers off without me.
0: Just <laughs> Newtonian <laughs> physics, mate.
2: Uh, how the hell are you meant to do it? I, I'm like, I, I don't, I, I, I. <laughs> There's no net that I can shove round the asteroid. I can't <laughs> go and put thrusters on the other side of the asteroid. You know, I'm coming in at one meters a second and it's like, no, just grab the bastard. And it's It's,
4: it's all just, about a gentle touch. Gentle, gentle, gentle. touch. Ken doesn't do
0: gentle.
2: <laughs> oh, no, no,
4: I might no, tell like you.
0: Like rough. Like I
4: might
0: like 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 sleep while
1: thrusting
2: down. <laughs> <laughs>
0: right before we before we get too derailed uh tuplex in chat says um uh similar to the space comment earlier um he says i heard the thargoid scouts will be available in cqc anytime soon uh i mean what a rumor has anybody heard that to us i just hope they go off and add the guardians in too yeah good point yeah Oh, oh the guardian um the guardian fighters yeah i think I think they. Um, I think they did. No, no the I, want, I
2: want the guardian. I want the guardian guardians. Oh yeah, yeah the in. proper guardian. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah.
2: Not not the human guardian hybrid monstrosity. Yeah, I mean, they,
0: they've been in CQC for years. Yeah, I saw guardians. the. I, agree. I,
1: I, I I saw the uh, rumor for the guardian and the cyborg ships in CQC, but I'm not sure because it said um, you had to earn them and you couldn't just use arcs because like, with other ships you just use arcs, don't you? And you can have them. So for these, you have to earn. So
0: I'm not sure if that's right. Mm, mm. Uh, Tuplex also says, uh, and we can finally jo- join more than one squadron. Huzzah! Um, so clearly Tuplex has, has not been around for a couple of years because um, uh, you've been able to join more than one squadron since, uh, since late 2018 when they were first introduced. Yeah, um, So um, Frontier read the feedback yeah exactly, exactly. You know, it was only it was only in the beta when you could only join one and then they quickly changed it when um when everybody said that that was a terrible life. so twoplex has obviously been um been away but um uh anyway let's move on um so we've got the i want to talk a little bit about uh player economy now um so obviously elite has a really really in depth um and totally player driven economy um and uh, there's a couple of things recently that um uh that are salient to this um that have come up that we ought to touch on um so first of all uh mac your um the trading post which uh which is a um a trading um exchange run by the east india company um has been doing super well uh do you want to just talk us through that
3: yeah um what they've done is quite interesting uh and I I guess it's it's a relatively straightforward system. But what, what they've done is you as a as a if you're a rich enough player faction as we are, you can actually now set up a stock market, which we've done. And it, it kind of works like the real like a, a real um commodities market. So instead of having to do the tiresome thing of, of Coming out with the sort of having to buy whale accounts and have these things you store in space stations full of full of materials and uh, full of goods we're going to trade uh, and material. Actually, I'll get to materials in a second. Um, and then having to swap it for, I don't know, imperial slaves or something like that we've now actually got a proper stock exchange which we've set up in london city in ltt1349 we did think about putting it in and assets but we we decided to put it in ltt in the end um and you can do you can actually speculate on it as well so you you can do all the normal kind of you you, you can trade futures and you can do just normal kind of commodities market things you can do a market order or you can do a a, a like like a um a limit order like you would do on a stock market. And so and, and basically what we do is we we feed this market and we try and tend to it and maybe there's a little bit of manipulation that goes on from time to time, and we make an absolute shed load of money off it, making us even even more fabulously rich than we were before. Um but yeah, it and it and although the system's quite simple, it's resulting in some some quite complex behaviors we also have a materials trade now if you remember the old materials trader where you just trade one material for the other in each station's only got one type this one actually does it with all the materials and data uh, manufactured uh, the, the, the 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 raw and the data and, in, and and it works it works with credits and it works with supply and demand And it's it's something we've managed to set up and expand through a lot of Bgs work and it it's been it it's been absolutely brilliant I think I think there's only I think wolf 409 whatever they're called the the uh, the alliance lot I think they've managed to get up a, a a stock market as well but to 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 our knowledge we're the uh, we're, we were probably the first to get ours up because well that's what we do um but yeah, it's it, it's added. I think a lot of depth to the game, and it brings a lot of players into our systems. Which uh, there's there's other emergent gameplay that play this brings because, of course, we now need to have uh, some security es- escorts. So that brings in the PvP part of it because there are players who want to try and try and upset our markets and blockade our systems. So we we uh, we di- we have to deal with that with our uh, PvP wing, uh, which is had to put it in a lot of practice recently but it, it it's it really has it really has added it's a relatively simple change that's added an awful lot to it um, and how, how yeah, has it? it's brilliant um, sorry didn't mean to interrupt how um how has
0: uh how has the trading post been affected by um gas giant mining because people have people have said that the problem with gas giant mining is that it, it unbalances the economy too much because so many people are rushing to do it and i, I guess my response is is Well, you know, because the economy is completely player-driven,
3: the more players do something, the lower the price gets, uh, and therefore it's self-correcting. Yeah, yeah, exactly that. It's supply and demand, and us as the market makers, we get to skim off the top anyway. So who cares if people are trading? We get rich. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Ben, you had a question for Mac.
2: Yeah, I'm just wondering, actually, what do you guys make of the um, stuff that's being taken into consideration by frontier for the anti anti gold farming ideas and just de- defeating the botters and so on
3: yeah it, it's always a tricky question and and we were wondering because you, you're always going to get the, the, the one thing you probably can never stop the people who actually load up the game client and play it for pay that's 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 a difficult nut to crack, but they've got various, So I mean, anti-
2: you've got the factories in China yeah, all yeah, the kids yeah. basically. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: But they've got basic, they've got some anti cheat. They, they look for, I I believe, of course they can't tell us what they're doing because then that would reveal to the, the bad actors what to do to get around it. But they, they, I, they certainly have a system of, uh, of certainly of, of behavioral pattern matching. So, um, I did, I did actually accidentally run across a, uh, a, a forum where I, I, they always call them trainers I, I don't know why they call them trainers that they're, they're cheats. I mean let, let's not beat about the bush here because um, sort of client side software hacks and whatever and there was an absolute there was so many people on this forum whinging about being banned that that obviously whatever, whatever they're doing is working, whatever detection they've got is working because people are getting, are actually getting banned left, right, and center for trying to
1: well that's right' cause, manipulate uh, it because skipping ahead. Uh, Will announced um, last week they banned 2,623 players for exploiting cheat- cheating and toxic behaviour. So that completely ties in with what you said. I mean, the numbers are a bit down on what was the week before, but still, 2,600 players being banned for those is good going.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, 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 what I really liked is the, the communication that went with that. Just simply, you know, we run the game, we have the tools. It is very obvious to us when, uh, when players are cheating, we just ban them. Um, and we are, um, uh, we're, we and, and it's, it's uncomplicated and, um, uh, and the health of the game comes first, which I thought was a really, really lovely attitude and,
3: and really good. Uh, and also the little ban hammer anim- animation was, was a great touch. I think. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, well, uh,
0: we've, uh, had a couple of comments from people, from listeners. Um, Brog, brog sorry, Bog Rat says, um has anybody tried the SRV Road Train yet? The two hundred ton cargo capacity uh, SRV with turrets on either, on every on every trailer. Um that is a very, very cool variant, um Bog Rat.
2: Have you I tried have that tried with it. multicrew actually? Not yet, no. You get get a bunch of your mates in that thing and go for go off and you know, put Smokey in the Bandit on or something like that. Uh, it's just it's so much fun.
1: I, I did see I did see um I think it was on one of the planets in the Sh- in the Shinrasa system. You know the scene in solo where they're trying to rob oh, the train yeah, yeah, the yeah, yeah. I did see something like that in the, in the solo <laughs> film.
0: It
3: was the, the the trouble with that thing is it runs out of ammo too quickly. I do there, there's a I don't know if any you lot have played Factorio, but you can make that mm-hmm. train car with a huge cannon on it. It's mm-hmm. kinda of reminiscent of that, but and, and just like that, it also needs a ton of ammo mined from a ton of materials, which takes ages, and then you run out in like five seconds flat. I mean, it's spectacular when it's going, but anyway.
0: Yeah. Um, Primed, uh, Prime Bitstorm says, uh, the Guardian CQC fighter can only be unlocked by getting a special e- exploration mission, the Ancient Fighter, which is uh, found in a cavern deep under an ice world. Thanks, Prime Bitstorm. That is super useful to know, and I, didn't, uh, I hadn't done that mission yet. Thank you for that. Um Kaizen says uh, that his favourite part of the game is now T-Rex hunting in his Cobra. Um well, whose isn't, Kaizen? Whose isn't? Um and Tuplex says um that he likes that all the combat logs are being uh, cast into CQC now. Uh, yeah, I-, I enjoyed that. It's good fun. Um the last thing I want to touch on uh, before we get on to community corner is um the racing league. Um and hang on, so
1: if this is the bottom one I think it probably needs more. Discussion. Okay.
0: yeah okay um so the racing league has um has been uh, a huge success uh since since elite um s- sorry since frontier added um checkpoints and race markers into the game um in a in a small patch uh, a couple of years ago now um the racing has really really taken off in the game and it's really nice to see it so um well organized and rec- well recognized and i know people have said like oh god you know it's super easy don't give them that much praise it was just literally li- lifting the the, the checkpoints out of the tutorial and sticking them in the main game um but you know something sometimes the low-hanging fruit is worth picking sometimes it's worth doing this stuff and it and hats off to the frontier they saw that it would win they saw that it would really improve the game and they just went and did it um and racing is phenomenal i i, I don't know about you guys but I've, I've absolutely loved racing around the um the tracks that people like alec, alec turner have been setting up on planets and and whizzing through the um the checkpoints and uh, deploying the the race markers and all that sort of thing um so uh so yeah we won't dwell on that too much but um it was worth mentioning that um that the the racing league is is in fine health and if you uh, if you're interested in high octane pursuits you should check it out um so the um moving on quickly the uh the what we had penciled in for our main discussion which we'll um, talk about for a few minutes is um and this is a, a bit of a weird one a bit of a speculative speculative episode i suppose bit bit unusual um what would elite be like if we hadn't had um all of those fantastic updates that we've talked about if we hadn't had elite feet in 2017 if we hadn't had atmospheric if we if you know for example god forbid if the dev diaries stopped for any reason um, you know what would what would the game be like now? Um, so I want to quickly before we we go to a community corner, I want to quickly go around the table and just get people's thoughts on what that would be like. Um, Shan, you start.
1: It would be really hard for, to maintain the interest of the players, I think, um, because you every time they announced a new season or a new update, there'd be part of you that would hope it would be atmospheric landings or elite feet or whatever it was. And then every time that hope would be dashed or or even worse, if they didn't actually tell anyone anything at all. And they kind of treated us as children who can't tell the difference between, um, when they say something and stuff being delayed for whatever reason. So yeah, I think it would be soul destroying for quite a lot of players if that communication and those updates didn't happen. It would be, I don't know. It wouldn't feel like
0: it, it, the game had moved on at all. I don't think. Oof, yeah, yeah, true. It, it, it would, it would feel like the game hadn't moved on at all. It would, it would feel that all we'd had is slightly re- rearranging the furniture since 2015. Actually, um, Ben, what do you think?
2: Yeah, I'm currently being attacked, but yeah, I'm basically, I'm totally with you guys. There would just, there would be nothing to do. I'd be. Yeah, i don't know i'd be looking into other games i would be playing red dead redemption i'll be playing g t a yeah i pro- i don't even know if i'd be playing elite anymore to be honest
3: mm. Mm. uh mac yeah i i, I yeah i think i think i'd probably end up playing a lot of starcraft 2, to be honest um but yeah i i don't know i can never i've i've been following elite for a long long time and back in the day even in frontier first encounters day we were we were keeping the flame alive so i don't know i think i would probably um because i mean they they had vr from the get-go i think i'd have to at least a couple of times a week strap on my rift and just just have it just have a you know just fly around do some stuff because you know it is, after all, one of those. It's it, whatever, what it come what may. Even, even when it, even just after say Horizons launched, it you know it was still, it was still pretty fun to play, especially in the Rift. But yeah, I think I'd have been playing an awful lot more StarCraft two and an awful lot more Train Simulator. Sorry, I'm a nerd. <laughs> Atris,
4: yeah, um I'm not going to go with what Shan said. It would be a little bit soul crushing if we lost a lot of this. Um, you know, in particular for me, like I wasn't a huge fan. uh, Well, I wasn't there from the start of the game with the alpha. I came in right when volcanic planets and uh, the crossplay was brought in. So when they announced atmospheric planets as a whole and then put it in space legs and things like that, I wasn't too keen on space legs, if I was honest, but it's grown on me since. And now that I've seen how they've implemented it, I would be really upset if we didn't have that gameplay because doing EVAs, being able to run around the ship, you know, our ships as well as on the stations to collect missions and actually talk to interesting NPCs and things like that, I think it would actually take away from the scope of the game that we've had and then on top of that, the communications from the dev, oh, just like, I've never seen a game like it before so if we lost it, it would just really kind of put us back into that stone age of where game developers never told us anything and it's kind of a shame.
0: Yeah, 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 I hear you. Uh, Sean?
1: Yeah, I was, I was about to say um the other thing I think it would be disappointing if they hadn't done that is because I, I don't know you, I remember back when they said that uh, when Horizon's released, it was a new season of Elite Dangerous and it kind of gave the impression that you were gonna get a new season every year and that's what we've got. But I, I just think can you imagine thinking that every year you'd get a whole new Game-changing thing, and it just not turn up. It would just be like the never-ending single season. So I, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm just really glad Frontier put the time and the effort and all their expertise really into delivering content year on year.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. I had I had a nightmare the other day that um I had a nightmare that that um uh, in, in my dream that I was reading the Kickstarter page and watching the the dev. From 2013 and 2014, and watching David Braben say, "Come and join us! Um, you're going to be able to stow away on other people's ships and chase dinosaurs around, and and we're building the game from the ground up with these things in mind. And you will be able to explore planets, and you will be able to explore your ships on foot." And I remember thinking, "Yes, yes, take my money!" And I remember paying money, and um and and, and uh, as I did in real life, obviously, and um, being really excited for that. And then, obviously, in, in 2015 when Horizons came out, I remember was super excited for that but then in my dream um the next year they had a they had a um the frontier expo um and um and and then four of the devs sat on stage and said uh and and this sounds super weird but they um uh but you know it's, it's a dream i can't account for it uh they they said this uh this season will be focused on core features, and then they sat there and beamed at the audience in my dream as if it was good news, um, and uh, and I, and that's when my dreams turned bad. And then and then um, and then every in, in in the dream every every year they would say they would make an announcement as to what the um, uh, as to what the the the, the updates were going to be for that year. And rather than getting back to the roadmap promised in twenty thirteen and twenty fourteen, um, the each update got less and less ambitious. Um, and it was it was it was really bad. And then I woke up. And I, we've had cracking development. We've had um, really detailed roadmaps. We've had um, uh, you know a, a really really clear communication from Frontier that they are committed to to the um, to what they said have to do in the Kickstarter. I,
1: I worked out the other day of how much it would have cost me if I hadn't had the lifetime pass, and it was something like three hundred and sixty-five pounds and twenty-five pence. Wow, it would have cost me in buying the games. Buying yeah, I tell you what, that,
0: that, that lifetime expansion pass was the best thing I bought. Do you think they should bring it back? I don't know. It's difficult where. I mean, it's not a new game. It's six years now. Like you know, we've had six years of of, of fantastic development. It's difficult to know where they what they'll do from here. Um. Yeah. Anyway, that's that, That's potentially a discussion today. Um. If nobody has anything else to add on that um we ought to quickly talk uh to to run through the community corner there's several things that have been going on last um the last week um so uh oh and before we go um before we do that sorry commander miggles in game says with such a growing player base wouldn't we be getting hardware manufacturers making controllers specific to ed wasn't there one of these wasn't yes, there a- the yeah, I I'm pretty sure, Miggles, um whatever universe we correspond from, I'm pretty sure there is actually a uh, a controller specific to ED. Um it's the T sixteen hundred from crossmaster isn't it? Yes.
2: It is indeed. And it is a beautiful thing to thing as well.
0: Uh anyway, so community corner. Um so in this week's live stream we had um uh David Braben and Sandro Samarco shaved off their beards. Um, for um, for special effect, did you guys catch this?
1: I did. Yes, they're quite smart,
0: weren't they? they were almost they don't, like had.
3: They don't look anywhere near as evil as they used to.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've got so used to to David Braben's suit lumberjack beard since twenty seventeen that seeing him seeing him fresh baby faced again was was super weird. It was really disorientating actually. Well, I exactly,
2: don't think it didn't really connected? take long for uh, Will to shave his off. I mean, I know he's been working on it for a good couple of years, but. <laughs> I'm sorry, mate, but <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, a yeah. bit
2: of wet soap would've got from fixed that, buddy. Uh, but have you noticed?
1: <laughs> have you noticed how David and Sandro's behaviour has changed since they shaved the beard off? It's like they're two different people. Have you notice that? <laughs> what from each other? No, it's like it's like someone took the bearded David Braben, took him away, and replaced them with the unbearded kind of geekier David Brayden.
4: (laughs) He looks less homeless now.
0: He does look less homeless. That's true. He definitely looks less homeless. Um, But I I really enjoyed that live stream. Um, I like the fact that we got a bit of out of game stuff and then we, and then we got to see that awesome um, Mm -hmm. hover bike race between Will and Stephen across the volcanic world. Um, and um i think will had been doing quite a lot of engineering to his so his was a bit faster but seeing them seeing them jet around those those canyons and, and over those lava flows was super fun really really interesting
1: if only they had had some sort of lo- laser sword in game then they could have done the the um anakin obi-wan <laughs> fight <laughs> couldn't they have you been re-watching the prequels I so trying Star, to, I'm, Star, I'm, I'm trying to remember when Star Wars was good, you see. That's what it was. <laughs> and
4: your first thought is the prequels?
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm comparing. Anyway, yeah, so I, I thought it was great fun, personally.
0: Yeah, it was. Um, distant Dinosaurs got off to a great start, um, and the expedition uh, catalogued 342 new species of procedurally generated life on the, um, on the stunning new planets that they've discovered. Um, this was, uh, this was highlighted in the, in the, um, page 64 of the, um, uh, the Frontier newsletter this week. Um, and, um, and obviously that, the, there are several thousand participants, um, and it looks really, really, really good fun. Um, and it's so cool that those guys have, um, have so many different avenues of gameplay that they can, uh, that they can utilize for their expeditions now. Um, then there was the, um, Save the Hutton truckers. Right, who who's gonna who's gonna talk us through this?
1: Yeah, this was something that came up um I noticed is basically you know how uh Orbital used to be a ninety minute trip to the Hurton Orbital um outpost from the jump point. Well, now they have intra-to-system jump points. You can just jump directly to Hutton Orbital and miss the ninety minute trip out of it. So the Hutton truckers are worried that Hutton Orbital would just become just another Coriolis station, that the specialness will go. And so they're appealing to Frontier to remove the free anaconda. And uh, in doing so, that will reduce the panic buying of Hutton mugs so that when the System jumps come in, there's still a specialness about it. Because as I say, it used to be a 90-minute trip, and now it's just hit the jump gate and you're there. So, yeah, I think the hunting truckers are a bit worried, really, about it.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it would be sad to see it just it become just another Coriolis, seeing as it is not a Coriolis in the first place. Um, anyway. Well, they were talking
1: about making it Coriolis. Well, they were talking about
0: making it Coriolis. That's the point. Ah, to, to, to better house all of those mugs, no doubt. Well, that's right. Yeah,
3: and and also as a place to land your free anaconda once you pick it up. Hmm, Indeed.
0: Right, we we are nearly out of time um, for the um, for inhabiting this universe, and we will have to depart in uh, in a few minutes. So, um, before we do so, is there any is there anything? More from the eighty-page frontier newsletter, the three-hour uh, weekly frontier livestream, um, the uh, the rich and detailed roadmap of twenty twenty updates that anybody here would like to discuss.
3: Apparently, the sugar bus of Shap Sugar Bus returned.
0: Yes, yeah, yes, yes! This is literally the best thing that's happened. <laughs> 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 this is the the most exciting thing. Uh, that's happened to Elite Dangerous uh, this year has been the return of Sugarbus of Shap Sugar Bus. my favourite videos. Um, right, okay. Well, in that case, um, we are going to uh, hop through our intrasystem system jump point, and we are going to travel to a um, a much more sober dimension. Um, and um, in it, we have a um, a serious Lavecon COVID nineteen update. Um, Shan, can you uh, can you read this out for us?
1: Uh, yes, this is from the uh, LaveCon organizers, and uh, this is the status as of this week. The status next week may well change, but this is where we are at the moment with LaveCon. And the statement reads, As you all know, this is a rapidly changing situation, and it's difficult to know what we will be facing in July. With regards to LaveCon 2020, as it stands, we are continuing to plan as if the event will go ahead. But we are in dialogue with hotel staff and frontier development, discussing options if this becomes unviable. Our first concern is the health of our attendees, volunteers and the organising team. We do have a secondary concern, uh, the financial implications if the event were not to go ahead. If we go ahead with the current dates, then our policies allow attendees to ask for a refund minus the booking fee up to a month before the event. After that period, we will ask people to discuss this with us and we will do our best to help. If we have to postpone, we will offer a full refund for anyone who wants one, probably for a limited period so we know numbers. If we have to cancel the event, we will offer a full refund. Some countries have restricted gatherings and events to 500 people or less. If this became a policy in the UK, then in theory this would not affect us, as our attendee numbers are below this threshold. However, as previously stated, our first priority is the health of all those who would be attending the event. We will
0: update this statement as the situation changes. Thanks, Karen and the team there we go so um so no change uh no change at the moment and uh no keep an eye on the late the the late con facebook page because
1: that's where the updates will be posted
0: yeah absolutely um the elite community meet has been uh has been postponed because um that was due to uh to take place quite a lot sooner um who can who, who was due to go to this
1: i was um Little bit disappointed, but to be honest, I completely understand it. It's going to be in three weeks' time anyway, and it will be my first ECM. But I've got quite elderly parents and things, and it's completely the right decision to postpone it. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so, so. um, so yeah, it, it's a shame, but I think people have bigger concerns at the moment, so yeah.
4: yeah, yeah. I mean, I was supposed to attend as well, and I was looking forward to flying over and seeing everybody again, but yeah uh as Chan said, it's just unfortunate with the situation at the moment and the fact that again you know I have elderly in laws and my own parents as well, so you know we have to worry about our families more importantly uh than being able to unfortunately attend gaming events but you know priorities are what they are
0: indeed um we have had a uh we have had a lot of answers to our um to our question from last week, uh, which was, if you could write one story for Galnet, what would the headline be? Um, and uh, we've actually had so many that I would suggest um, we're going to need um, to do these in next week's show. Um, so um, if, you, if you didn't listen last week, we, we asked the community, if you could write one story for Galnet, what would it be? And um, we had many, many, many responses. Um, wow, OK, like 30. Um, and, uh, and they're, they're, some of them are really excellent. So, um, so next week we will, we will go through them, um, because some of them are smart, some of them are funny, some of them are stupid, but the stupid ones are also funny. Um, so that's good. Um, so, uh, so, so tune in next Tuesday for that. Um, Shan? Uh, yeah, just, we just want to, uh, wish Will's
1: roommate, uh, to get well soon. Uh, apparently Will's roommate has, um, Fallen ill with the uh, COVID nineteen, which means Will is also uh, stuck with his roommate for the next few weeks. Mm. Um, So we just wish them well, really, and the same is is with anyone, really. And just a serious sort of personal note is, we keep hearing hearing about how COVID is the invisible enemy. Well, the invisible enemy is fear. It it just robs people of everything. An action of everything so be careful but don't be fearful is what my lesson is for the day.
0: um and uh, a little bit of news from um if you've been watching our twitter feed and um all the other bits of social media that sagittarius eye has a presence on um then um you won't know but uh sagittarius eye is releasing issue 27 Oh, no sorry issue twenty six is it twenty six got no idea I, I, an issue we're releasing an issue on <laughs> um on thursday this week uh so um it is our quarter one three three oh six issue um we cover a bunch of really exciting stuff uh including um newton's gambit the a player group who uh dedicate their entire activity in game to uh fight assist off they they literally don't turn it on um we cover uh the upcoming law tour we have a um uh we have an obituary of a uh a well-known uh fictional figure we have um a couple of expert um, expeditions um and uh recaps of their itineraries and what they're all about um and uh lots of other exciting uh player-driven news so um make sure to check out the Sagittarius Eye website uh, on Thursday, which is wwwsagittarius Um
3: Issue 26.
0: Issue is 26. Perfect. Yeah. Um, so, uh, shout-outs. Our sister station, Hunt Orbital Radio, broadcasts on Thursdays from 8.30. You can tune in at tv.forthemug.com or just for the audio at radio.forthemug.com. Um the discerning commander who likes a bit of CQC action um, can uh, ame- can avail themselves of all the fantastic new matchmaking um, we were discussing earlier by uh, going to the uh, CQC Discord at discord discord.me forward slash elite dangerous CQC. Um, Thank you very much to those who have been chipping in on Twitch chat and uh, in-game. It's been super, super fun. And we've had loads of uh, really hilarious comments. And I'm sorry that I haven't been able to, to read all of them out. I've tried to, but, um, but the show has clipped along at a pace and I haven't been able to, to get around them all. Um, but it's been really, really, really fun um, having you all chipping in. Um, but, uh, but that is it uh, for this episode of Lave Radio. If you would like to get in touch with the show, then you can email info at um, You can hit us up on facebook.com slash radio. You can tweet us on at laveradio, or you can join our Discord server by going to discord.io forward slash laveradio. We also have a TeamSpeak server where commanders come to hang out and chat, which you can find at teamspeak.laveradio.com. Do get in touch if you have any questions or if there's anything you'd like us to discuss, to discuss in a future episode. Lave Radio is recorded live on a Tuesday evening at 8.30 and streamed out on laveradio.com slash live. Thank you to Commander Shan. Thank you to Commander Edelweiss. Thank you to Atrus. And thank you to Mac Winston. Um, and special thanks to today's tech specialist, Commander Ventura. Until next time, Commanders, fly safe. And if you can't do that, fly dangerous.
1: Happy hour
2: I'm not
5: This is not map. universe galnet news digest 17th of march 3306 we read the news from an alternate reality so you don't have to in a packed bulletin tonight petraeus flees as federal forces invade thargoid negotiations intensify daring pirate raid targets prince jordan raxler wormhole research continues buckyballers celebrate olympus pentathlon Petraeus flees as Federal forces invade. Senator Denton Petraeus, Admiral of the Imperial Fleet, has been forced to flee his home in Iotiensis after the system came under intense bombardment from a combined Federal Task Force. The raid was organised on the direct orders of President Hudson, and is widely interpreted as a counter-offensive to divert Imperial forces from their so-called Liberation of Tolseti from the Federation. According to reports, seven Farragut-class battlecruisers jumped out of hyperspace near Iotiensis A3, catching the two Imperial interdictors of the Petraeus home fleet off guard and rendering them inoperable within minutes. The Federal battle fleet then undertook a series of sub-orbital bombing runs, apparently targeting an area close to the senatorial residence. These bombing runs continued for around half an hour, until rescue arrived in the form of a flotilla of fleet carriers believed to have been under instruction from Emperor Lavigne Duval herself. The Federal Fleet is not believed to have suffered any casualties, but was forced to retreat under onslaught from vessels piloted by commanders from a number of factions, including Lavigny's Legion. Admiral Petraeus is said to have escaped in an Imperial Courier that he piloted himself. He is believed to have later returned to the system. It's not yet clear how much damage has been caused to the official residents, but there are concerns that ground troops from the Earth Defence Fleet may still be on the planet, and may attempt to assassinate the President. Emperor Lavinie de has made it clear that the Empire will not be diverted from its strategic work to prevent the Federation from developing artificial intelligence weaponry any further. Thargoid negotiations intensify. Tharg the Mighty has given humanity an ultimatum. Leave the Pleiades or be crushed. It comes following the total destruction of Obsidian Orbital and Titan's daughter, by a Thargoid mothership. But it's not completely clear at this stage whether the Thargoid negotiating position might be intended simply to gain concessions. The Thargoids have been demanding the handover of engineer Laurie Jameson as an act of retribution for the crimes committed by her great-grandfather, Commander John Jameson. It appears that the Thargoid interest in the Pleiades is restricted to systems containing the Barnacle mining devices. But the rate of production of new Thargoid ships at the hatcheries in the region seems to be intensifying, so a full-blown confrontation cannot be ruled out. The ongoing conflict between Empire and Federation is complicating the negotiations, with Jasmina Halsey of the Alliance conducting most of the proceedings on behalf of humanity. She travels to the negotiating sessions using her Moray Starboat, which has been specially kitted out to land in the Ammonia Lakes off the Thargoid homeworld. Daring Pirate Raid targets Prince Jordan. The Code has pulled off their most daring raid yet in the Mintaka system. Having intercepted an encrypted communication from the Semi-S system, they correctly guessed that there was something or someone of interest on board the converted Panther Clipper gas dredger Argonautica. Intercepting the dredger as it was making a pass through the upper atmosphere of the gas giant, and using the stealth for which they are rightly famed, they managed to gain access using an unsecured airlock, quickly overpowered the crew in hand-to-hand combat and in the process identified their prize. None other than Prince Jordan Rochester, husband to Princess Ashling Duval, and a growing force in the mining business. The code has demanded payment of 12 billion credits in return for the safe return of Rochester. Raxler Wormhole, research continues. Canon Interstellar believes that it may be within weeks of solving the puzzle of Raxler. Following the startling discovery late last year that the long sought-after secret of the Dark Wheel was in an unmarked system between Lave and Deeso, commanders have been attempting to work out how to activate the mechanism. Canon believes that it has partially decrypted the inscription, and that the other end of the jump Gate is likely to be in or near the Messier 31 Galaxy, in other words, the Andromeda Galaxy. Quite what we'll find when we get there is a complete mystery. Will we find the rumoured Darkwheel colony? Will we find alien cultures? Will the first ship through be ambushed as it arrives at its destination? When it happens, and whatever the outcome, this will be the most momentous event since the invention of the frameshift drive. Buckyballers celebrate Olympus Pentathlon. Following on from the success of the Sea of Tranquility racing event, the federal capital of Olympus City on Mars played host this week to the Buckyball Racing Club, who were hosting their first ever pentathlon. Combining the disciplines of running, scuba diving, big game hunting, fly a light assault truck, and fencing with lightsabers. The event is considered to be the most gruelling so far, for a generation of commanders more used to sitting in their cockpit. Thirty competitors took part, much to the consternation of residents. As usual, Commander Alec Turner came a creditable second, with ultra-competitive Commander Will Flanagan of the Pilots' Federation snatching first place. The marked racecourse near Olympus Village is one of a number of recently installed facilities, which both the Buckyballers and the Elite Racers plan to put to good use in the coming months. Next month's race will be at the course through the Tionisla Orbital Graveyard. And that was this week's Alternate Reality Galnet News. There's far too much going on to cram into a single bulletin, so don't forget you can catch up on all the latest happenings delivered direct to your cockpit with a 24-hour rolling Galnet audio feed. Galnet News. We inhabited an alternate reality so we could all dream for a bit.
4: Never forget what the spoon is a smug get.